0: By 265 Media, I'm your host, Daniel Ortiz. I got my co host, Kevin Lewis, aka KDOT. K.Dot. It's been a minute. What have you been up to, man? What's going on, brother? Yeah, man, what's going on? Everything's
1: good, man. You know, I know we've been busy between the two of us, but you know, everything's good. We still got WNBA coverage going on, we still got WNBA stuff to talk about, so.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I'm still unpacking. I, I moved in my new place on uh, July 1st and still unpacking. Definitely been procrastinating on you know, the unpacking skills. But, um, you know, hey, slowly but surely, it's getting done, brother. Yeah, we live on uh, the Green Room app right now. Been having some issues, some technical difficulties with the Wi-Fi. So now we just here in Green Room about to talk about the WNBA. It's a live podcast. You know what I mean? So basically... We're gonna talk about the WNBA midseason awards, K.Dot. We had a phone conversation earlier, you know, talking about the WNBA and their midseason awards. Now that they um they're on break for the Olympics, and um it's it's going to be kind of tough, man, to make these picks because you know players stepping up, like you know Tina Charles and stuff like that. You know, uh, the Most Improved Player Award is one of the tough ones too, as well. So let's let's just get right into it, K.Dot, man. Who do you have for your WNBA MVP at this point in time during the break. Well, at this point in time, I definitely
1: have John Quo Jones because to be honest with you, John Quo Jones has done it up for Connecticut and she has just been a pivotal part of the Connecticut Sun's uh success. Right now, they're sitting at uh three or four um in the WNBA right now in in the records I think they're 14 and six so um they you know they've been definitely uh missing her presence uh she missed five games um due to her obligations uh for Euro Cup um but once she came back it was like she you know it was like riding a bike you know they they kept going so um I got I definitely got her uh for for my MVP front runner
0: John Cole Jones is my pick too but th- th- this is a tough pick, though, because we got we to gotta show love to Tina Charles, who has been on a tear. And, like, we know that her Mystics team, like, they haven't been winning, like, Connecticut, Seattle, or Vegas. But they do have a, you know, a shot to get in these playoffs. They're actually in eighth place. So if the season ended today, they are in the playoffs and stuff. They had a slow start to the season. And, um you know, Tina Charles has been on that. It's been on that tear, man, just been killing it. And it's like this. This is how I feel. Now, maybe if, if Jonquois didn't go to Eurobasket, I think that this pick would have been easier to make. But, like, I think that, honestly, during that time Jonquois been out, I think that Tina Charles gained a lot of a ground on um, on J.J., bro.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, Tina Charles has definitely been on a tear. Um, she's leading the league in scoring, I believe, right now. Yeah, and I, I just think that she's been definitely, you know, somebody who's very uh, pivotal for the Washington Mystics. Again, they struggled really, really early, and now um they're sitting right now uh, at the break at the A.C. seed. Um, so if the playoffs started today, they will be in the playoffs. So you. You are absolutely right with Tina Charles. And I think she definitely has an argument to be uh,
0: MVP. Yeah, I think the baby agrees with with us, too, as well. Um, now, but um, we also can't forget about Brianna Stewart, man. Like, she's been even better this season. She's leading her team, damn near, every individual category, right? You know, while her team as a whole, looking like they're headed back to the finals as well. And we also cannot forget your homegirl from South Carolina, Asia Wilson. Like, you know, she's putting up some really good numbers. Kind of down, though, from last year because, you know, Liz Cambage is back. But I think that um, Asia has been really great um, to complement, you know, playing with Liz. She changed up her game a lot, you know, uh, adding that three-point shot. She's, um, you know, able to put the ball on the floor a little bit. And I think that um, she's going to be elite as an all-around player, man. But at the end, it's just John Jonquo Jones for me, bro.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's definitely John Quo Jones who is the front runner. I mean, it's inevitable. You can't you can't go wrong. And to be honest with you, there are tons of candidates. But John Quo Jones, to me, even with losing five games uh while doing her Euro uh Euro basket obligations, you know, she's just been uh very consistent even when she's been out. So I really think John Cole Jones is
0: definitely going to take it this year. Yeah, that's a fact. But also, I got to show Sylvia Fowles some love, too. She's definitely on this list for me because, you know, she's playing the best basketball of her career. You know, what she's averaging, 16 and 10. This is like her best scoring and rebounding numbers, you know, since uh, 2018, if I'm not mistaken, man. Um, You know, Sylvia Fowles, as we still want to segue into her, too, as well, because uh, I have her. As my Defensive Player of the Year, I think that she has this award hands down, K-Dot. Like, her defense, you know, has been very influential in how the Lynx, you know, turn their season around after they stumbled out of the gates. You know, she's top five in the league in both blocks and in steals. She actually leads the league in steals. She's a straight-up um, defensive force, man, Sylvia Fowles, bro, for Defensive Player of the Year.
1: Yeah, she's definitely my pick for defensive player of the year, too. And one thing that you said is that she's not only leading um, or top two or top three in the league in blocks, she's also um, top two in the league in steals. You know, that's something incredible. At um, at her age, she is still playing defense at an elite le- level, and I really think that it's a no-brainer. You know, in the beginning of the season, I definitely had um, – her as well as Brittany Sykes and I'm not going to ignore Brittany Sykes um, from being a great defensive player Um, and even with Natasha Howard having an injury this year um, I thought that her presence when she did start playing for the Liberty um, took heed um, because they were very uh, successful defensively early but it's definitely uh, Sylvia Fowles for defensive
0: player of the year so I'm not going to argue with you on that one Yeah but I, 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 you know me, Kada. You know I, I always try to play devil's advocate and try to also show other players some love too. And also, we got to go back to Jonquil Jones, and I think that she's a WNBA Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You know, a lot of people. Well, you really can't tell by the eye test how much of a defensive impact she's making, right? You know, when you look at the the, the advanced stats, and it's funny because we're not an advanced stats type of people. Me and you and everybody else on Two Sixty Five, we more of the eye test, but when you really look at the advanced stats, when she's playing, opponents are shooting 39% against her when she's on that court. When she's off the court, they're shooting 45%. And she's also um, averaging almost one and a half blocks and one and a half steals per game too as well. You know, like I said earlier, yeah, fouls, I think she sewn it up. But I would be remiss, brother, if I didn't mention John Cole Jones, you know, in this – Defensive Player of the Year, you know, discussion. I think that she's in there, along with uh, Brittany Sykes as well.
1: You know what? When you called out the advanced stats, you know, I didn't even realize that because you are right. We don't necessarily pay attention to advanced stats here. But when you talk about it and when you say it out loud, that's pretty impressive for Jonquo
0: Jones. So I got to give her love as well. So... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, brother. Hey listen, you know how yeah, listen, you know how we are at two sixty five, man. You know, we, we're gonna be thorough, man. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we might not be fans of the analytics, but you know what I mean? Sometimes it's it's cool to use that and, you know, me a basketball discussion when you're actually trying to hammer a point home, especially when somebody game doesn't stand out from the eye test, but when you, gotta, when you gotta pull the layers back then, you know what I mean? You can make the case, but I'm not a fan of using it every single time. You know what I'm saying? Like, they even made an event stat using LeBron's name as an acronym. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, alright, now we're going too much. I don't know what value over player replacement is, but that's a whole nother podcast, K-Dot. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Preferably biased. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> but um, let's talk about the most improved player award. Now this is a tough one to pick. And to be honest, it's between Marina Mabry from the Dallas wings, who has been really great this year. You know, she's averaging 13 well, 14 points a game after averaging about 10 and a half points last season. She's 20 20th in the league in scoring. You know what I mean? She's really been doing her thing. We've seen her have some really good games, you know what I mean? With her shot hit, you know, some long range and everything. Also, we got to talk about Brianna Jones from the Connecticut Sun, too, as well, who also has stepped up her game, you know, because of Alyssa Thomas, you know, the injury to her opened up some big minutes for her. And also when John Quill Jones, you know, out for those five games, she was able to hold a fort down. You know I mean? Now, look, Brianna Jones, Brianna Jones is um, an all star. She's averaging 15 to seven per game and stuff. And also, you know, Kelsey Plum has been great, too, off the bench as well for the uh, Las Vegas Aces. You know, she's having a career year herself after starting off, you know, slow with the injuries to her career and stuff. But at NK that for me, I'm a, I'm gonna go with uh Brianna Jones from, from the Connecticut Sun because of, you know, you know, what she had to what she's doing, how she improved the game and everything, just just being really tough. You know what I mean? The way the way she played and everything that um how with um the things that she does night in night out, even when um you know John Crow Jones was out for that for that for those um couple of weeks, you know, she was able to hold that fort down and um actually kept even though I think um Connecticut went two and three without uh John Quayle, that's still pretty good. You know what I mean? She was able to hold a fort down.
1: So I I hear you with most improved, but I have a question because my most improved player has already won most improved. Kata, you're speaking the same language right now, Kata. I, I know. I know. Because she keeps improving. And that dynamic player is Banaja Lane. So she goes from the Atlanta Dream to the Indiana Fever. She wins most improved player in the bubble. Then she goes from the Indiana Fever to the New York Liberty. And she's leading the Liberty in scoring and top five in the WNBA in scoring. That is impressive. That is highly impressive. You keep improving. So I would give it back to Banajalaney if if it was up to me if I had a vote, to be yeah. honest with you, because she continues to improve and she's been in those MVP conversations as one of those fringe players that has clearly turned the New York Liberty around. You know, everybody thought it would be Natasha Howard doing it, but with the injury, Banal Jelani has definitely stepped up. And I feel like Banal Jelani does deserve more uh, recognition for being
0: most improved again. Hey, you're making a good point, Tate. But, you know, and I think that she is definitely young enough in her career to be, um, you know, contending for, you know, most improved player. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I want to – since you want to bring that up, I want to bring in an O-head. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that's doing their thing, you know, over a decade in this league and having an amazing season right now. Definitely in the MVP race uh, who averaged 16 points last year, but this year she's averaging 26 and 10, and I'm talking about Tina Charles, yo. Can Tina Charles get some consideration for most improved too as well? She improved her game from two years ago. You know what I mean? From 16 points a game up to 26. Can does that hold any weight? Like, can we change this most improved player award around a little bit for players like, you know, that have been in the league a little while longer? Because, like, that's 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 just how I feel, man. And I always I thought that, you know, even with like if we talk about the NBA real quick, you know, with with Giannis, he's improved this game every year. I think that you should be able to win more than one most improved player award. But that's just me, Kata. I mean, you know, what you think about Tina Charles?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Tina Charles definitely has improved her game tremendously and she's out for blood. She's been out to prove this since the beginning of the season and you got to give her some credit. Um, I think the criteria is, of course, is definitely something that I think is more of a public perception of what the criteria is for, for these type of awards and is definitely media driven. So, of course, she will never get consideration because she's you know she's she's basically a veteran now so even though i do hear the argument i definitely and highly doubt that it would even be a consideration for for Tina Charles even though she has yeah. definitely proved it so um my my biggest thing is is i agree with you because they even talked about they even talked about it with Pascal Siakam um in most improved right you know he went he he was most improved and i'm sorry for going back to the uh, nba But just that's a perfect example. You know, he's he's most improved, um, you know, the the year before. And then he comes back the following year and he's even better. Um, That's just like the Benajelani situation. So um, I definitely agree with you as far as, you know, Tina Charles. But I think because, you know, she's um, earned her stripes and paid her dues and she just continues to get better. There's no better way to do it than to do it that way. You know, so that's um, true. I Definitely agree
0: with you on that that's true and, and and good point about Siakam. I think that you know um these leagues you should be able to win more than one most improved player award in your first 5 years. I I think that could be something because like you said about Benaja, you know how she won it one time and then now she's back even better. So yeah, they they got to they got to fix that one up. Um let's move on to the sixth woman of the year. I think that we all, we, we both got this locked up with um Derek Hamby from Las Vegas, you know, talk about being a star in your role. You know, Hamby is just that. She's the perfect off the bench player. She accepts her role, uh, her role as that, and she thrives in it. Now I know that, you know, her teammate Kelsey Plum and also from Dallas, uh, Marina Mabry are top reserves in the league as well. But, Hamby's impact on the game, my brother, is, is is high level, man. Like, And she just had a big game the other day. I think she had like 22 and 12 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, what's your thoughts on your six six woman of the year?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. That's definitely De'Erica Hamby. Um, and, of course, just like you said, being a star in your role. She definitely has been a star in her role. And I'm going to give respect to Kelsey Plum. And I'm also going to give respect to Marina Mabry. But – it's almost like the, the situation with, you know, uh, with, with six women of the year. You know, you have to continue to give it to the person who continues to be consistently great at what they do. And that's one of the awards that they actually continue to give to the same players, whether you're in the WNBA or you're in the NBA. It doesn't matter. They, they can. They are very consistent with that particular award and the the Erica Hamby definitely uh deserves it. Um but I'm a I'm gonna play I'm gonna play opposites just quick. If I were to choose one I think I would go with Marina Mabry. Um mm. she has been incredible uh for the Dallas Wings and they've improved their record tremendously from last year for sure. Um and she's definitely been a pivotal part um for coach uh Vicky Johnson's team and um I'm just going to go ahead and give her her flowers. And if they do select her for six woman of the year, I will not be upset one bit. So I'm going to give her some love. And also, um, I'm going to give a little bit of love to Kelsey Plum. Um, She's it looks like she's come back from that um, devastating Achilles injury uh, two years ago. And she looks like she's, um, you know, accepted her role. And I think three on three has helped out a lot for her as well, especially in the half court. Um, because I think she understands reads a lot better. Um, she's not rushing, and um, she's definitely playing within the role that Coach Bill Lambert wants her to. So I'm going to give her some love as well. But uh, I think, hands down, you got to choose the Erica Hamby.
0: Mm. And, and, and like I said before to all the listeners, we are on Spotify Green Room and we are live, so people can talk in the comments as well. Sam Keys made a good point about. Um, Derrica Hamby, she's an all-star. You know what I mean? As a bench player, which is really something too, man. Like yes, yes it is. Sam, you're definitely right in those comments, man, talking about uh Hamby, man. So yeah, I mean, she got to get it, man. You know she got to get it. And also let's move on to rookie of the year. This is going to be short, That We know who's winning. All right, listen, think about it. She's the only rookie playing minutes, all right? Um she locked this award up once the favorite during the WNBA preseason, uh DeJanae Carrington. Once her minutes starting um started dwindling down, um Michaela Onya locked this award up. But I do want to see how um um Ari McDonald responds in the second half of the season, you know, not at the situation with um Kennedy uh, Carter, her status is, is in limbo with, you know, whatever's going on with the Atlanta Dream, which we don't get into that stuff, you know what I mean, here on the WNBA show, you know what I mean, you try to keep it basketball as much as possible. But uh, I do want to see what Aerie McDonald does, how she responds, because I know that she's going to get more minutes and everything. k what's your thoughts?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely Michaela Um, I love it, and she's definitely, you know, doing it up, you know, for the rookies this year. And my pick was Dijanae Carrington, but of course, she's not getting the minutes that we thought she would get. Um, But I mean, hey, it is what it is. We we understand it. And, you know, I'm going to recognize Michaela because she's been doing it both on the offensive end and the defensive end for the New York Liberty. And it's been quite impressive. So definitely big shout out to Michaela on your way there.
0: Hi, before we get to our uh, all WNBA teams, which is going to be crazy. (laughs) <laughs> who you got for coach of the year? Ooh,
1: that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And to be honest with you, um I, I, I really want to give it to to Bill Lambert That's that's who I really want to give it to. Um because like, I mean, when you're consistent on the year after year after year, um I mean, why not? I Know that Connecticut's uh, coach is going to get a lot of love, um, but I think I'm gonna give it to Bill Lambert this year, definitely. Or I can also give it to Noel Quinn of the Seattle Storm because honestly, I don't think anybody thought Seattle would be the number one team in the league right now.
0: At first, K. Dot, it was uh War Hopkins for me from the Liberty because of how they started out and everything, and um, but you know, Kurt Miller. He got a, a title contender in Connecticut, you know, James Wade and me and you, was talking bad about Chicago, you know, what I mean, uh, early in the season. Like, what are they doing? Like, they're not playing good or whatever. Then they end up winning like seven in a row, eight out of 11 and everything. But I'll go with um, Noel Quinn. You know, I mean, she got Seattle at the top, you know, after the retirement of of Coach Hughes. And, um, you know, she stepped in, you know, right away and, um, you know. Seattle is, is still where they're supposed to be at, man, you know? um. But, yeah, let's move on to the toughest part of this podcast right here. And this is the All-WNBA team. We're going to do first and second team. And uh, KDOT, who's – I'm not going first. I'm letting you go first. Who's your All-WNBA first team?
1: <laughs> All right, you got to bear with me. Um, <laughs> So looking at – my list
0: mm-hmm. My
1: first team I have Laney. okay and Jewel Lloyd at the guard mm-hmm at the three I'm gonna go with Dewana Bonner okay and then of course I got uh John quo Jones and Tina Charles. You left Asia Wilson off the first team? Unfortunately, unfortunately, I had to do it just for the simple fact that, um, of course, she dropped in points per game. But at the same time, she has uh, Liz Cambage back. She also has um, another all-star, Chelsea Gray, there. So that was pretty difficult for me. Um, But you can't ignore what Tina Charles is doing. And you definitely can't ignore what John Cole Jones is doing. So, unfortunately, Stewie? I don't
0: No, Stewie? Yeah.
1: No, Stewie, no, Stewie as well. I got. That's
0: crazy. I got, I, two, my, big, my... I got two bigs up top. Yo, Mons is his bigs and guards. So, of course, you know, Banaja and Jewel, they locked up the guard spots for first team. I also got John Jones, Brianna Stewart, and Asia Wilson, man. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, man, it, this was tough, man. Because I had to put Tina Charles on second team because of, um, you know, her team wasn't winning, and um, at at, at first, but now that they're coming up, man, you know what I mean. And this is just the first half of the season right now. You know, this is going to change. You know, what I mean, once we're once we're done at the end of the season and stuff like that, all oh, this is going to change. So that's my, um, you know, that's my first team. Like, who's your second team? All
1: right. I got Chelsea Gray and
0: mm-hmm.
1: Courtney Vandersloot. And I'm gonna I got one I got one more. I got one more. All right, I'll throw Liz Cambage in there. I'll throw Liz Cambage in there, a second team.
0: So for my for my um for my second team, I have all bigs and one guard. My guard is Courtney Vandersloot. Then I have Dwana Bonner, Liz Cambage, Nafisha Kalia, and Tina Charles on my all-WNBA second team. And that's crazy because I left off some players, you know, easily left off Arike, Candace Parker, you know what I mean? Satu Sabali, you know, Courtney Williams, Kalia Copper, you know? <laughs> I even left off the uh, sixth man, <laughs> Brianna Jones, Brianna Jones, you know? So this is, this is tough, man. They really need to have three, all WNBA teams, brother. Let's move on to our all defensive team. It's only one, and mine's is um, Sylvia Fowles. Of course, she's the defensive player of the year. Uh, Kalia Copper, Brittany Sanks, Benagelini, and Raquana Williams. We're identical there. Oh, okay. <laughs> then great minds think alike, yeah. brother.
1: We're we're identical there. There, there wasn't any um, especially with the Kalia Copper uh, selection. Um, I think she's been very underrated defensively this year, and I think it's because of the whole cloud that was around the sky um when they went on that losing streak. Um, but she was she remained consistent um even when Candace Parker came back. So you know. That was definitely the underrated uh, pick for me.
0: Yeah, I think my – I just love Brittany Sykes, man. And I asked her. I remember when I was there for for their um, media day during the preseason, I just asked her about her defense and what she does. And, uh, you know, she just told me, like, all the workouts that she did on defense and stuff, you know. Um, I think – man, I'm just a big fan of her energy and how she plays. And, you know, just being, you know, the Artest family – Home of the of the defenders and stuff. I just I just appreciate you know great defense. You know what I mean and, and Brittany Sykes, she she does that for me. I wish I wish it was more consideration for her to be you know defensive player of the year. But you know like I said you know Sylvia locked that up. All right, so let's move on to our all rookie team, which is going to be really easy. Um, Michaela they from Liberty, D.D. Riches as well, and um, this is this is the crazy part right here. Because a lot of these players have not been playing a lot of minutes, so even though like I have like I think I, I had like uh, DJ Carrington and uh, Chelsea Perry who've been playing a little bit, you know Dana Evans who've been playing you know a little bit, you know me as well. It's just hard to do the all rookie team to be honest because a lot of players haven't been playing minutes. Think about it, Michaela Olumwerede is playing more minutes combined. Than the number one, the number one and the number two pick in the in the WNBA draft that just passed us. Okay, that's you know uh, um, Charlie Collier and Awok. She's playing more minutes than them combined. You know, um, look Chelsea Dungy can't can't get no minutes or whatever. It's just it's just crazy. So it's kind of really hard. I kind of wish I would have just left out the rookie. All rookie it was, but we had to do it. <laughs> you know, um. So like. What's your thoughts on, on, on your all-rookie team? Who's your rookies
1: Yeah, all-rookies. Um, of course, I'm going chalk again um, for what you have because, again, you know, the rookies didn't get a chance to uh, – a lot of the rookies didn't get a chance to showcase, you know, a lot of their talent this year. But um, some of the obvious ones, uh, Michaela Michaela Anyawede, um, Didi Richards, they've been able to actually make some noise because they're actually getting minutes – Um, When DeJanae Carrington comes into the game, she definitely makes noise. The same thing with Aerie McDonald. Um, When she gets in the game, she makes as much noise as she can. And unfortunately, again, with a lot of these teams, that's why we need expansion. That's why we need expansion from a a team perspective and as well as from a roster perspective, because it gives us an opportunity to showcase and, and analyze more of the players. So uh, that's, that's who I have for my
0: rookie team as well. Yeah. I agree with you with the expansion, man. When players are getting cut because of the numbers and not because of lack of talent, you know, that's an issue. I say like, listen, if you don't want to expand the different cities right now and and do that in the future, that's cool. They should immediately expand these rosters to 15. You know, they, they should, it should, this, this league is getting really good now, you know, it's getting really good. It's a lot of great players and stuff. And this is, you know, this is my first year covering the W. And it's just so many amazing players, like, that last year I never really had that. I never really heard of. Then once I decided to do this podcast, I'm like, let me just do my my research, spending hours on YouTube just looking up players, like, who's good, who's this. Like, somebody give me a name, i go look it up. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Let's let's just make this happen or whatever. You know, Um, like, this league really has to, like, you know – double down on paying the players more so we don't have to have situations like you know uh, jonquil jones going to play in EuroBasket, uh players going to play in the three-on-three and stuff like that you know what i mean you know play, pay these players and and you know also honestly i think that they should play through the olympic break and stuff you know maybe just i guess from a tv standpoint the money wise is it, it'll probably be it's not feasible but i would think that Hey, just put all the games on League Pass then. You know what I mean? Instead of just like having any national TV games or whatever. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going. I'm just freestyling off the top of the dome piece right now, Kada. You know. Um. But I think that it, it's getting better. You know what I mean from from previous seasons and stuff. I mean, it garnered my interest a lot because I really, you know, wasn't interested in watching the W because of like everything always looked the same, Kada. You know, even last year with the uniforms, everything looked the same. Just different colors you know, now they switched it up and everything. And, you know, now, you know, players is, you know, speaking out more on on certain stuff. Like I I like, I like how it is now and it's becoming more of a player's league. And that's, and that's, and that's the fun part for me, you know? So, yeah, I I hope that, you know, they keep on building this thing and hopefully, you know, we have more people like us, you know, um, supporting the W and, and, um, you know, more, more men supporting the W too as well, instead of just always, you know, rebutting something when they when you see something about the W on social media, you just go to the comments and it's just everybody rebuttaling rebutting this. I'm just you know talking about it's lack of money here, lack of money there. And I'm just like, who cares about the lack of money? Just support the product, man. Support it. If you're a pure Hooper, and I'm always going to drive this home. If you love, if you're a pure Hooper or a pure basketball fan, you gotta understand that women's basketball is the purest form of basketball. Okay, you talking to somebody, myself, Daniel Artest who was a practice player for the Indiana Fever for some years, the year they won the championship, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, battling with uh, Lynetta Kaiser, um, you know, Tamika Ketchins, and, you know, all the players right there and, and, and stuff. I'm um, Missing one, too. I forgot her name. I cannot believe I forgot her name. Elena Larkins. Elena Larkins and stuff, Just, just battling with her every day and stuff. Like, I've grown to love women's basketball from that standpoint. But, you know, now just, you know, being able to report it, studying players and stuff and just like, you know, um, seeing this, seeing this game grow, it has been, it has been real fun. The injuries suck because I really want to see Alyssa Thomas play. You know, I'm a big Andrew McCarty fan. You know what I mean? Uh, a, a, a big fan of her game and stuff. And I got a story for days with her when she was in um, Atlanta. And I was in the front row watching the game, and I was just, like, you know, going at her. Like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, you a tough time tonight. Yeah, you are in the wrong town tonight. And then she just took over in the fourth quarter. Every basket, she's staring at me, looking me down. I'm like, like, had to sit back in my seat and fold my arms. I was like, Spike Lee when Reggie Miller was going off in the garden, shut me right up, <laughs> you know? Nah, but, um, you know, as we close the show out, I just wanted to just say that to, you know, Let's just keep supporting this game, man. It's been really fun. I'm excited about what's next. You know, we got the All-Star game coming up um with the WNBA versus Team USA basketball. Um, also we got the Commissioners Cup championship with Connecticut and Seattle, about the battle for the five hundred grand. Um, let's talk about that KDOT, real quick. Who who you got real quick winning that battle for the for the half a mil?
1: definitely um i'm I'm going with Connecticut on this one definitely
0: mm. you're going with Connecticut, yeah, man, like maybe Seattle might win the championship, but I got Connecticut winning the five hundred thousand. what's better is k dot winning the winning a half a million and getting an extra pocket an extra fifty thousand in your pocket or or um or just you know getting that championship ring this year. <laughs>
1: for me, it's always going to be hardware. Um, I'm not, I'm really not into money like that. So
0: for me, it's always the hardware. I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, Hey, Seattle and Connecticut could be, they could win both this year. That's true. You know what I'm saying? They can win the hardware and the money, you know what I mean? But I think I, you know, what? honestly, I hope that game is played very hard because that's a lot of money to play. You know what I mean? To play for and stuff, you know, um, like, I remember a couple of years ago I was living in LA and they had that ball up championship. A team from New York City, they played and they won it. It was a five hundred thousand dollar grand prize. And um it was like the toughest game I've ever seen. And the game was close, you know what I mean? But um the team, a uh, New York team called Sean Bell, they pulled it out at the end and like the big celebration and then then they only played with eight guys the entire season, so they had a nice little split and stuff you know um so i really hope that game is intense like i want to see them go after it because that's 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 big though man to have that type of um you know reward and think about it you know a lot of these players are making fifty thousand a year so just think about it with that split they can literally double their salary in one season real quick you know so like i think that's going to be a dog fight especially what about the other players you know, not making that much money, like the end of the bench players or them, them, what they call hardship contracts or whatever. Like, think about that. Like, so I think that is going to be a dog fight.
1: Will definitely help, um, even though I do think, of course, that's another conversation for another podcast. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as far as salary um, and, you know, these TV deals that needs to happen. But it's going to be great for you. Um, you Know for whoever the winner is of the commissioners' cup to definitely split that and um definitely uh enjoy you know the reap uh reaping the benefits of of winning it. Um, that was the whole purpose of the commission uh, commissioners' cup to share. So, um, I'm definitely excited to see what uh what the game will be like and um hopefully you know our
0: predictions uh prevail. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. With that being said, let's get on out of here, Out, man. Thank you for listening to the WNBA show brought to you by. 265 media listen you can follow us at the WNBA show on instagram and twitter and also for the entire 265 media podcast network you can follow us at 265 media on instagram and twitter um don't forget to support the shows daniel artest podcast hoopers Unhail, uh the sports counselor everybody everyone everybody's a celebrity um who else we got? We got Jackson Nerds United. We got the Unlimited Sports Podcast. Man. We got so many shows. Oh, the NBA show, the NCAA show too as well. Line, <laughs> you know, we got the Lions then. Exactly. We got so many shows, man. So, And don't forget, we also blog too. We got www.265media.net. That's www, the number two, the word 60, the number 5, the word media.net. We blog about everything from WNBA to the NBA um, to other stuff, you know, arts, culture, whatever. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I got blogs up there. I'm actually writing blogs myself and stuff. So, yeah, uh, thank you for tuning in to the WNBA show. that being said, love is love. Peace.